What are you drinking? Um, the pen ultimate. Still going. Yeah, well, I'll just finish one bottle and put it in the next one. Hey! Love to see um, it. What are your thoughts on the Ronaldo comeback? He just became the... What did he become? Highest goal scorer ever in European football history, is that right? He became the highest men's goal scorer in international football. Um, Which is great. International, so was he playing for Portugal? Yeah. So there's no Man U games on right now. It's still... Like, nah, that's not this week, I think. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. There, there's about like, he's the highest men scorer. There's about six women in front of him in their retrospective sports, which is, I don't know. People are just like, Oh, it's women's soccer, but you're just like, Oh, it's all relative. So 180 goals in women's soccer is still incredible. As we were talking about Coleman before. Yeah. yeah. Um, um Sorry, I know I should let it go, and I'm a dick for not letting it go. And especially as I get drunk, I'll make many mistakes. But did you just say in their retrospective sports? Yep. <laughs> the, the only reason I didn't let it go is because even if you've said the correct word, which, is <laughs> which I did not, it's the same sport. Uh. Yeah. It's still soccer. It is still soccer. <laughs> the I the respective leagues. There we go. The, the, the... <laughs> I, like, I can let retrospective go, but even still it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't. You're right. Yeah, um, she, yeah she might be her highest scorer in her <laughs> sport. Yeah. But, I mean there's probably higher scorers in the Brazilian volleyball league yeah no in in international soccer yeah, Ronaldo yeah. like sixth yeah but um, everyone's just like oh it's women's i'm like yeah but it's it's still more goals is Suck sam it. is sam kerr in that top five by any chance oh, not even close no no um but yeah Ronaldo's coming back to man U soon and i think they'll finish third behind Chelsea and Manchester City. They won't even be the best Manchester. Which is sad. It's not sad. Chelsea's always been the greatest soccer club on the planet. So get around them. Yeah, they've been good. And it's interesting because Manchester United paid so they've paying they're paying $15 million for Ronaldo, but they're paying it over five years. So they're paying $3 million a year and there's like $5 million incentives, which is incredibly hard to get um, according to reports. And then $3 million, which is kind of easy to get. So it could be up to like 24 mil. But I don't know. Soccer contracts are weird like that. They do tend to be from what I can tell. Extremely convoluted. But, you know, whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm not paying $15 million to have the rights to a 36-year-old to play spot minutes at my club. So. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was just left in a little bit of silence as Andrew Embley got completely annihilated in the back by your man, Tim Notting. Tim Notting. Um, Big boy. They, they did eventually pay the free kick to Mr. Embley so he can wipe the hair out of his eyes and he can put the West Coast 20 points in front. Huge. Um, yeah, so we've, we've covered soccer. We've covered, well, we covered Ben Simmons. Is there anything else NBA-related you would like to raise? Uh, I've got one more soccer thing for you. And I've got yep. one more NFL thing for you. So soccer, one thing I didn't bring up last week, are you aware of a gentleman named Killian Mbappe? I've brought him up before. Uh, look, I know the name Mbappe. Killian, I associate more with Peaky Blinders than the... Um... You mean Cillian? Mate, really? Is Cillian Murphy? <laughs> yeah, it is Cillian Murphy, but yeah. it depends where you're from. Yeah, yeah. Depends how you um, read the C, you know? And also Mbappe, I can't really remember what sport he plays. Soccer, I think we're talking Soccer, about. yeah. So basically, like Kylian Mbappe is on the last year of his contract and there's a thing in soccer called the Bosman rule where if you're in the... They're named la- after Australian goalkeeper Mark Bosman. That was... I know it's Bosnich, I know. <laughs> I was like, am I reading this right? Um, halfway through and I was like, oh. I, I don't know which way is a better out for the Jays. So just- the, the Bosman rule, basically, in the last six months of your contract, any club around the world can approach to sign you on a free contract. So basically, you don't have to pay a fee because you're in the last six months of your deal and you can approach to sign them for, quote-unquote, free. Now, Kylian Mbappe, currently at the moment, has one year left on his deal. He's a lifelong Real Madrid fan, right? Right. Real Madrid offered two hundred million pounds for him to come to the club in the last year of his contract, where if they wait six more months, they can get him for free. PSG got offered two hundred million dollars for Mr. Mbappe, and they said no. Now I'm no businessman. And I know PSG are backed by the entire country of Qatar who are funded by uh, $3 an hour workmen and a slave. Ah, that's crazily high. Uh, it is high. They're by slave labor and oil. However, $200 million for a player who will probably leave for free at the end of the year seems like a poor business decision. Now, I didn't do business at school. I know you did as part of your degree. Give us some insight. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yes. In, in fairness, there, there are a couple of considerations that you have to take into account. Having said that, it, it doesn't seem like it could be anywhere close to a good business deal. But at your best estimate... Mm. how many dollars of worth of merchandise would a club such as that pay in Mbappe, uh, sorry, not pay, make in Mbappe merchandise per year? That's true, but you've got to consider... Like, honestly, it's not $400 million worth. So no one's saying that it is justified financially that way. 
This there is, is that consideration and there is sponsorship considerations. There's probably, they probably have considerations to their sponsors and partners that they will have, broadcast partners that they will have. I've, I mean, it could explicitly be written into their contracts that it's void if they don't have him or a player of a similar echelon. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And I would agree with you if this wasn't the club that just signed Lionel Messi. Yeah, but I mean, that's fair. But A, I would say that probably is even more in the um, points in the direction that they had an explicit contractual obligation with a sponsor or some sponsors. Mm. That they, they had not just a player of this level, but they had that player. Like it could quite because it would make sense, right? If you're Nike or Adidas or someone and you want to sign with PSG or Real Madrid or Chelsea or Manu or whoever it is, yep. because they have Cristiano or whatever, it would make sense for such a high level sponsorship to have it an express clause and say, this contract is void or this contract is renegotiable or whatever it is if this player ceases to be engaged by your club. Yeah. I mean, there's a pretty... Now that I'm thinking about it properly, it's an almost certainty, I would think, that some of their sponsors would have that written into their agreement. Especially, and I get the messy point, but you can't really have an agreement that says a player... Mbappe or a player of his level because who's going to judge that? Yeah, that's true. Like, what's the metric for it? Oh, FIFA ratings or... Yeah, no, but it's, it's also one of those things where I think, especially with a club like this, I, I, I think that point stands at normal clubs, but PSG and Man City are backed by literal countries, like oil yeah. countries to the point where if they lose a you know, Nike sponsorship, they will just pick it up at Adidas and they'll be like, well, fuck it. We are yeah. run. <laughs> we are the same country that killed journalists for <laughs> having free um, speech. Yeah. And that, that was my next point is you said, why would they do this when they're the same club that signed, just signed Messi? Mm. They are the same club that just signed Messi. So they've clearly got money to burn and they're at the point where money is just not an object so there, there is every chance as stupid as it sounds the 200 million dollars for the year or for the six months or whatever it is it, it just isn't as big a consideration as it clearly is for every single other person on earth no i think i think that's spot on the point because i think what the sentiment is around European football is that, yeah, cool, 200 million, but they're an oil state and they want to win the Champions League. And they have a better chance of winning it with him there rather than 200 million dollars in their pocket. 200 million dollars is uh, money, like coins in the couch money. Yeah. For um, Qatar. And I mean, there's also the, the third option, which is probably intertwined with the, each of the first two options. But hmm. there is the thought that, I mean, make him stay for six more months and let him play with a side that boasts Lionel Messi and you will probably become one of the best sides in it. And maybe all of a sudden in six months, 
once he's played with Messi for six months and you're becoming not just good but dominant, you're like, well, do I really want to leave? I know it's a lot of money, but I mean, we're probably going to win here if I stay. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And I and like he, it's one of those things where he's been so clear that he wants to play with Real Madrid at some point, at some point. So it's just like, he'll go there eventually, but you're right. Like if it's like, if I got the chance to play football, but they were just like, okay, you have to play at Sydney. And I was like, ah, but I'm a Hawthorne supporter, but also, Hey, I'm playing alongside Lance Franklin. How fucking sick is that? So, you know, maybe you'd sign on for X amount of years, but still. Yeah, and especially if it was genuinely like one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if, I think the example, I mean, there's no good examples really for it. The soccer's quite a, a unique sport and quite franchise-based rather than country-based. But if we look at it from a, a cricket point of view, mm. If you go, like, so the best sides in the world currently are probably England, Australia, India, and New Zealand. And the Melbourne Stars. <laughs> yeah. We, anyway, you know, go. The, the, the Melbourne Stars are probably in the top couple of Victorian-based big bash sides. <laughs> but if you were a South African looking to be poached by England on a big money contract, and you knew that Steve Smith was coming to play for South Africa as of next year. He'd be like, well, I mean, with him here, we'll probably be in the top couple of sides in the world. Yeah. I'm already here. I know it's more money to go elsewhere, but I will have to relocate and resettle and like, I'll be the big name recruit and I'll have to prove myself there. Whereas if I stay here, I can sort of slide under the radar the best player in the world is here. Yeah. It, it, it's not a great example, but because no, no, it kind no. of almost undersells the Mbappe uh, Messi situation. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a spot on uh, like comparison, but also like Mbappe is getting to the point where he wants to be that guy. So, like, regardless of, you know, whether playing with Messi or not, he thinks he's the man. So, he wants to be the guy on the team. So, it's getting to the point where he's just like, well, he's, I think he's, you know, love for, I guess, fame and money is outplaying his want to play football. But does he want to be the guy on a team or does he want to be on one of the teams? Or does he want the best of both worlds? Because, I mean, if he just wanted to be the guy on a team, he'd play for fucking Blackburn Rovers. Hey, good Blackburn Rovers, Paul. Hey, oh. That's that 2008 FIFA coming in for you. Thank you. <laughs> no, like, if he went to Real Madrid, he would be the guy. It's just... But only, but only because the last the guy left. Yeah. So he would be the guy in the shadow. Which I don't think is any better than being the guy in Lionel Messi's shadow. No, I agree. I, I I just think his ego is outshining his love for the game. Which is, you know, uh, which comes back to my annoying point of uh, 
fucking money in soccer, which is just getting ridiculous. Yeah, so that's probably the next question is what is the financial difference between his offer at, um, where is he now, PSG? Yeah. And Real Madrid. Doesn't matter. He'll get a million. Yeah, um, yeah. No, but, no, but what is the difference? So, like, you say it doesn't matter, but if, it, for example, they were offering the same amount of money. Well, it, they were probably being offered the same amount of money, but PSG weren't letting him leave just because he's on the last year of his deal. So PSG are completely in control of whether he leaves or not until... Yeah, yeah. so so I I get that. And I I think we've analysed that from Real's point of view and PSG's point of view. But from his point of view, the greatest player possibly of all time has just lobbed at his club. What is the incentive for him to leave other than being the best player on the team? Ego. That's all it is. That's all it is. So it's not financial at all. He would get paid the same at PSG as Real Madrid. He could probably get paid more at PSG. Well, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's it's ego and wanting to play for your childhood club kind of thing. And it's like if you... Similar um, hypothetical to what you posed me before. Yeah. Do you think there's any AFL player that would do that? that would leave a club to go to a different club for the same money, but more ego. Not necessarily ego. I think AFL's pretty based on towns and like, like it will, and actually we'll bring up the Lockie Neal thing. Cause I, I, Lockie Neal's from Perth and you think he's going from a pretty successful Brisbane team potentially wanting to trade back to Frio who are pretty mid. Yeah. I think the Lockie Neal thing is a pretty clear exception in the the fact that it's pretty abundant to anybody that does a little bit of research that it's not his call. He, I I don't think he wants to leave Brisbane. It's his wife wants to get back near her family, especially with the closed borders. Um, is there an wants, app- to, wants to be able to have their, their child be able to be looked after by her parents or even his parents. Yeah. They're both from Perth. Family, um, yeah. Family and like j- just the fact that the borders are closed. They can't have that familial support if they're in Queensland. I think it's pretty clear. Like he's pretty happy playing in Brisbane. You'd have to be an absolute idiot to want to leave the current Brisbane yeah, team compared to Freya. But clearly, he's just being an absolute darling of a husband and being like, well, I mean, Jules, if this is what you want and this is what will be best for you and best for our family and our, our young child, then sure, fine. I can play football in Western Australia. It doesn't need to be in Queensland. That's love, again, love for the game. And, and we brought it I up. Mean, it's less love for the game and more love for your wife and love for your family, which I don't think anybody can really begrudge. No, it doesn't sound like Brisbane a No, and if Brisbane is just like, no, you're just like, well, you're the bad guy there. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, I mean, they're sort of in a win-lose position. They either, so he's got two years, sorry, they're almost in a lose-lose position. Mm. He's got two years left on his contract. There are three situations that can happen. Freo, because he doesn't want to go to West Coast apparently. So Freo can either offer an 
enough to get Brisbane happy and they say yes, great. Or Freo can offer not enough and Brisbane say no. Where in Brisbane look like dicks for refusing the trade. Mm. Or Freo offer enough and Brisbane say no, which I mean isn't isn't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, I, and he hasn't requested a trade yet. Oh, but so. he, like he, he will, just because it hasn't officially happened. I mean it is going to happen. Yeah, I think the leaks are enough, but yeah, uh, we did bring up Chera. Uh, it's not going to happen. Chera for Neil. What's the net outcome? Um, honestly, I think Chera for Neil. I think Brisbane win long term. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree. Just because, especially considering the situation, Chera wants out of Frio, obviously for Melbourne. Yeah. But like the funniest, thing, the funniest thing about the Lockie Neal thing is I think he doesn't really help Freo that much. I mean, obviously he helps them short term. He's he'll be 29 by the start of next season. So he's hmm. probably got what four or five years left in him. Unless he Mondays it, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even five years is pushing it. He'll be 34 by the time he starts his last season. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think the uh, – but it just doesn't suit Freo because I don't think they're in a position to win a flag in the next five years. I think if you if you can get Neil back, you'd want to have Chera in that team. Um, yeah, question for you. Mm. Neil to Freo. Chera to Hawthorne, Mitchell to Brisbane. Who says no? I think everyone says yes. And here's why. I've heard rumblings out of Hawthorne that out of all the senior players that might be out the door, it's Gunston and Mitchell. Yeah. Because Mitchell wants to win. And Gunston is more likely to stay, which I did not think at all in the last year and a half. Um, obviously, Mitchell has probably uh, clear our best player this year. We'll probably win the Peter Crimmins medal. Um, but if, like, Mitchell's late 20s, he's probably 27, 28. If we can get Adam Chera, who's a, what is he, early 20, 22, 23? Uh, he'd be 23, wouldn't he? Yeah, 20, uh, mid to early 20s for Mitchell. And I get Mitchell is one of the best ball. He's statistically the best ball winner in the game. And... Um, John Longmire has said that if there was one football on earth, he'd send Tom Mitchell to get it. Yeah. But you send Tom Mitchell to Brisbane, Brisbane are very much in a win now situation. I feel like 
Yeah, especially with this Lockie Neal thing going on, Hawthorne are very much not in a win now situation, which is why there's a lot of rumblings that our senior players will leave. So if we can get Chera, and I love Titch, but if we can get Chera back for Titch leaving, I'd almost say yes, just because the timeline with uh, Lewis Kaczynski, Will Day, CJ. All these like 20 to 23-year-old fellas, they're probably on the same timeline with Chera rather than Mitch, uh, Titch. Yeah, look, I agree. I think if Mitchell goes to Brisbane next year in place of Neil, with Rayner back and with Hipwood back for the full year, if they don't have a run of injuries, I think they almost win the flag. Mm. Um, and I agree. I think... Chera to you really boosts that midfield and sets you up for a decade. I genuinely think, as stupid as it may sound prima facie, I think in that three-way trade, Frio are the biggest losers. Yeah, because they're getting a... They get the, the, reigning, the reigning Brownline medalist that, let's not forget, had 46 touches in a final last week. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. He's freakishly good. And still, I think they get the rough end of the stick there. So, I, yeah, it, it would be interesting to see that trade proposed and to see who says no. Because I think Hawthorne say yes. I think uh, Brisbane say yes. So, it'd be interesting, Freo, how much they really want um, Neil. Because I don't think he really... I don't think I think they'd want Neil in the event that they could add him on top of what they have now. I think they're resigned to losing Chera. So what the, um, the really interesting thing for me is if they add Neil, hmm. can you play five at full forward? I mean, he can. A, it could add a couple of years to his career, and B, I have always thought. He would be an incredible full forward. Yeah, and you've got what you'd have: Neil, Brayshaw, Sarong, Acres, running through the middle. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent midfield. I mean, um, what's it? Lockie Schultz is just re-signed, so even Sh- if you lose Cherry, I mean, you got Brayshaw, Schultz. Um, well, you got Schultz, Sarong, Cabernet, Darcy and- there as the Ruckman. Like, yeah, I, I, and with Lockie Neal, I think that's a strong enough midfield. You could, you could redeploy Fife forward. Yeah. It's sort of the antithesis of what we were talking about last week of what you see the best use of sort of a Bonham Pally or Petrarca be. We were talking about, yes, they're great forwards, but they're even better midfielders. I feel like if you had Lockie Neal in the Fremantle midfield, you'd probably get more value out of five as a forward. Yeah, it's just because the Bulldogs, uh, the Bulldogs, the Dockers don't have that uh, like elite. For- and to be honest, the Dogs don't, which is why I think Bont should still go forward. Um, yeah. yeah, especially without Waitman, their forward line looks a lot less lively. I agree. If Jamara doesn't get picked this week, I don't think he will. Which he won't. Who are they bringing in? All right, let's talk um, football. What's going on? What are the Bulldogs doing? They're losing. Yeah, I, 
Cody. Cody, Bont will play. So it'll just be Waitman out and then probably one of their little forwards in, I guess. Latham's already playing. My boy Latham is already playing. Yeah, poor old Sam Laymouth. Latham Vandermeer. No, Laymouth. It is Latham Vandermeer and Sam Naismith rolled into one. So it is... uh, What's his name? Like Vandermeer later. Vandermeer, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah, no, I think he'll keep his spot, but. Oh, no, Vandermeer will absolutely keep his spot. He kicked the winning point. How can Vandermeer not keep his spot? Oh, yes, of course. The goat. Couldn't kick a goal for me, though. Hold on. Let me pull up that multi real quick. Because I almost had an absolute belter of a multi on the weekend. Um, where was it? Here we go. Bulldogs, Lions, same game multi. Zach Bailey, score. Done. Waitman, scored before he went off. Done. Birch, Jure, 15 touches. Done. Hawthorne Legends, get up for me. Dane Zorko, 20 or more touches. Daniel Rich, 20 or more touches. Done. Tom Fullerton. Goal. Done. Was it was a risk. Was a big risk. But so was Latham Vandermeer, who kicked zero goals too. Sorry, did you? Oh, Fullerton did kick a goal, didn't he? Yeah, I remember oh, when yeah. it yeah, led. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. I was so up and about. I was like, Latham is bound to score a goal here. And he almost did. But he scored the winning point instead. You poor oh, thing. Bit stiff. But yeah. Thoughts stiffer, on... than, stiffer than a... <laughs> yeah, go on. No, I'll refrain. I just remembered this is getting broadcast publicly, so I will allow the listeners to input their own. I was going to say, this is the actual bit that will make the second half of the podcast rather than the 40 minutes that we spent talking beforehand. Um, yeah. No, the end of the feed line was at a Wiggles concert, so I'll, I'll let people import their own. Woof. Um, what do the Bulldogs have to do to beat Port Adelaide? Um. Well, first of all, Bontempelli has to play, and second of all, Bontempelli probably has to kick three. He's probably going to play forward, yeah, because that knee injury looked rough, especially at the end of the game, where he wasn't on the ground at the end of the game at all. No, I agree. Um, But it seems like he is going to play. It seems like it's just soreness. Um, and he will have to battle through the pain, probably get a jab. Um, in, in terms of the actual game, yeah, I think Port at home are, are pretty tough to beat, and I don't subscribe to the theory that Alex Keith is a, a world-beating key defender, so Charlie Dixon may have... A field day? Well, I'm not sure about a field day, but may have some sort of big impact, but I think... If Robbie Gray and Fantasia both get up, which they're projected to get up, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't see them getting beat for it. I think they've uh, got too much talent. I think they're too lively. 
I think they're too good at ground level for the Bulldogs' defence. I think Eastern will probably get caught out. A little yeah. bit like he did early against Charlie Cameron. I think he fought back pretty well, but I think early um, the Brisbane Ford sort of dominated the small Bulldogs defenders, and I think... Oh, he got skinned. They had to move Taylor Duray onto Charlie Cameron. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Port Adelaide defend uh, Fords, sorry, will just be too good and too oppressive. So and we're talking Heath probably plays on Dixon. Yeah. Duray probably plays on Rosie. George Yard is playing. He's 50-50. All right, so we'll say Gardner on Marshall then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who else have we got? Butters, I guess. Yeah, Butters, Fantasia, Robbie Gray. Who plays on Fantasia? Actually, yeah, who actually, plays on not- Fantasia, but who plays on Robbie Gray? Like, the, the Port Adelaide small forwards keep coming after Dixon and Marshall. Like, they are just an endless procession. I would send, actually, I take it back. I'd send Doc to Robbie Gray. All right. Easton Wood to Rosie. I think Rosie's less impactful. Too, too quick for him. Yeah, but I think Rosie's a, unless he gets the ball in his hands, he's pretty absent. Yeah, okay. All right. And then, who was the other one? Um, and then you had somebody on Todd Marshall, did you? Yeah, Gardner, probably. Gardner or Marshall. So who plays on Fantasia? Oh, that's a brilliant question. <laughs> and then who plays on Zach Butters? Like, probably Bailey Dale will get Butters. Because he's probably the fifth forward. Yeah, 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 probably. But again, I mean, Fantasia. Who Fantasia? No, I didn't. Um, Who's the other, like, no, Caleb Daniels. Daniel's not playing on Fantasia. Hold on. Riley Garcia? Where does he... Yeah, exactly. Who? Um, Right. Who are the dogs? Field. Uh, Bailey Williams? Oh, yeah. Yep. He'll probably play. Um, uh, and Stephen Whatlock. Well, that's the thing. They've, they've got so many small forts, and it even even Travis Boak floats through the forward line. He does, but probably not at the same time as Robbie Gray does. So that's probably yeah. They're, they're, the intercept, they're and, I mean, Butters, Rosie, and Fantasia. Fantasia probably aren't all in the forward line at the same time. So you can probably exchange a bit there, but... Um, still. still. Yeah, I think the Bulldogs' back line will be stretched, really stretched. It's crazy that they're being stretched by a bunch of small forwards. Or like medium... No, small. Yeah, and I mean, Caleb Daniel likes to play off the back line, so is he going to have to be accountable to somebody? Well, that's the thing. You think... Uh, Caleb Daniel uh, Dale, the Bailey, no. Yeah, yeah, Bailey Dale. Bailey Dale. Not, not, not Daily Bale. Not Daily Bale. Up to Dale Bailey. Um, 
like those two and even who's uh, Hunter plays off the halfback a fair bit. Like those uh, three. I feel like Lockie Hunter plays half forward more than he plays half back. But yeah, point take. Yeah, yeah, but those kind of half backs in the ilk of, and I bring this up every week, the Salem and Saad types that don't have a defending yeah, 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 fair, And especially fair. Caleb Daniel, who is literally five foot five. Yeah. So, yeah, this could be a big, another big Orazio game or an, a big Rosie game. I agree. I think Port will win comfortably. Yeah. You'd think, especially at home, the Bulldogs are running out of legs. Um, they're playing Latham Vandermeer. Like, but at the same time, the Bulldogs were within a kick of beating them three weeks ago. So, yeah, that's true. But they're like, I'm of the opinion that Bont, regardless of whether he plays or not, will be a bit dicey with the knee, like with his knee injury. Um, and they're playing Josh Shackey. Sorry, let's go back. Regardless of whether or not he plays or not. No, 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 but in terms... But you, you think if he doesn't play, his knee injury will still affect the fit players? No, 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 but he'll play, right? But I yeah, think... But yeah, I think he will, but that's not what you said. Yeah, yeah, no. You but... said whether or not he plays, his knee injury will affect them. No, it's, hey, it's, it's not technically incorrect. Well... <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah, but uh, but I think if you're playing Bont like a hampered Bont and Pelly, he has to be unbelievable. Like he has to be like rocky levels playing through injury. You're right. He'll need to kick five if they're going to win. Yeah, and he'll he'll probably play forward, which it plays to the strengths of the Bulldogs, which is their incredible depth in midfield. Um, but yeah, the Bulldogs defense doesn't sell me. And to be honest, they should have lost on the weekend. Um, and their forward line does not inspire me whatsoever. Yeah. No, hard like, to argue with any of those points. English is okay. He, he did a bit, nothing on the weekend. Norton can crash a pack and take a grab, but again, is okay. No yeah. Waitman, who seems to be their only goal kicker. And then, yeah, boy, what do you got? Vandermeer, Shaki, and Bont. Again, as you said, Bont has to kick. Bont back. has to be Bont. Yep. No, agreed. Huge. All right. Um, Melbourne, Geelong. I, I hope Melbourne win by 10 goals. Yeah, and I've got a sneaking suspicion they will, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I just see them as clearly superior. The one thing I do think about is that Geelong's forward line might all decide to fire on the one day. Like the, the combination of Hawkins, Cameron and Gary Rowan, if they could all kick four on the same day, it would be frightening for the Melbourne back line. That's true, but Gary yeah. Rowan hasn't played since round 22. Well, Gary Rowan played the last game. No, he, he, I know he's played, 
But Gary Rowan hasn't had a possession as a forward since round 22. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he had like it's Cameron and Hawkins. Yeah. But I mean, yes, and form is important. But I mean, this is a big grind game. It, it could be a big grind game, but it could also be the sort of game, especially over in Perth, good weather. Geelong played last week. Melbourne haven't played for sort of a fortnight. I know Melbourne's backline is incredible, but it could be the sort of game that just each of them get an early mark or an early goal. We 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 have talked about Melbourne's deficiency at like the small forward, uh, small back depending position. Um, and look, I also think Melbourne will win and win by probably close to ten goals. I just think the one chance for Geelong to win is for their all three of their big forwards to fire which I don't think has happened this year yet, where all three of them have had great games. There was that one game where they kicked 15 between them. I cannot yeah, but, remember But that. even then, I reckon Gary Rowan only kicked two or three. Yeah. Like, I'm talking a game where all three of them kicked four or more. Yeah, no, that hasn't happened. Um, it hasn't happened, but it does have the potential to happen in a grand final. It can just happen at any a point. A grand final or a prelim. Yeah, like they could explode. And even though Melbourne is the best defence in the league, I feel, I don't think I've been challenged by an attack like that that has had three great forwards that have exploded all at once. All right, so let's break it down to matchups. We've got May on Hawkins. May on Hawkins, I think. Leave Bowen. Yeah, Lever goes to Rowan. So I think Tom Petty probably gets Jeremy Cameron. So it's probably Tom Jeremy... Petty. Is that no, that's not his name. Free falling. <laughs> um free. No, um, no, what's the what's his name? I think it's Matthew. <laughs> Matthew Perry, yes. Uh leaves the rest um, of the defense to David. <laughs> leaves the rest of the defense to David Timmer and uh, Matthew to Wonk. But yeah, Lever probably goes to Rowan. Uh, yeah, Lever goes to Rowan and Petty. <laughs> Petty goes to Cameron. Goes to Jeremy Cameron. So I think it's a, it's a pretty big opportunity for Jeremy Cameron. Oh, huge. I think, I think Petty, whatever his first name is, whether it's Matthew or Joey or Ross or David or... Whatever the whatever we want to call him, yeah, I think he's comfortably the worst of the three key defenders. So I think it's a big opportunity for Jeremy Cameron. Who plays a Grian? I'm not being funny. Grian could go bad. No, and I said this to you weeks ago. I think that two weeks ago, their biggest issue, Melbourne, is the small defender role. Joel Smith. Because was it Joel Smith? Play? No, so obviously Salem started on Jeremy Cameron, which is Cameron. possibly Charlie the, Cameron. Which is Salem the first started, decision. and then they switched it to who? Joel Smith. To Joel Smith, yeah, yeah. So Joel Smith, I think, is their best lockdown small defender who's going to have to play on Brian. Yeah. Um. And then it doesn't matter who else is running through that forward line. You've got. Yeah, well, you say that, but what if... And, I mean, it's highly unlikely that Cameron Hawkins, Rowan, and him will run through it. But 
What if they throw a danger field through? That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'll have danger field Rowan, Cameron, and Hawkins in the same forward line because that is nuts and really tall. It's not even that. It just leaves their midfield barren. But, I mean, I mean, there's not many of Hawkins, Cameron, or Rowan that could fill that gap in the midfield. Yeah, that's true. Because the wall, and that's one of the more interesting things that I'm thinking about is the midfield battle. You've got Clary, you've got Trark, you've got Viney, Harms versus what? Duncan, Guthrie, Selwood, Danger. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think Selwood, Dangerfield, and Guthrie matches Trark, Clary, and. Viney, if Viney is the next best one. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure he is, but... How's Danger's hand? Yeah, no, I think he's recovered, hasn't he? I've heard it got snapped off in the middle of the last game. No, that was he died from it. it. It's recovered. It's regrown. Rick and Morty uh, style. Huge. Salamander style. He's just such um, a butler. After getting... Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think Melbourne win comfortably, but who knows? No, I think too. And, you know, we're just going through the entire field at this point. But Geelong's backline versus Melbourne forwards, especially with that Tom Stewart, you've got Jack Henry on the second forward, which is what, Tom McDonald? And you've got yeah. Henderson on Brown. And then there's just the small problem of Bailey Fritch, who was. Pfft, Fifth in the Coleman, just floating around. Kicks yeah, just had, had, to... a real, had a real poor year, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit up and down, you know. One, one week, seven, another. Like we said, this could be a big grind game. This could be a big Bailey Fritch game. Who's the third defender on the Cats? Um, who were the first two? I've got Henderson and Henry. Uh, yeah, probably Tui, I guess. You'd rather have Tui in the unaccountable halfback role, I feel like. Like, I think Holland... Yeah, there's, that, there's no doubt that the loss of Stewart is a huge loss for Geelong. Giant, yeah. Almost irreplaceable. I hope Geelong lose by a lot. That's all I've got to say. Because I'm sick of them. And I love seeing Geelong lose. And I love being right about uh, Chris Scott. So there's that. I, um, I We've lost him. Oh, that might be better. We're back. Nope. Nope. Um. Better? Maybe. Yeah, better. We're on. Absolutely huge. The AirPods went to sleep. Um, so, yeah. I have no idea what you just said, but... Nah, I was just saying I hope Geelong lose by a lot. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I hope that, but I think that will probably... I'm going to be 10 goals, to be honest. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, the the only thing I hope that happens is Isaac Smith has a good game, 
Because I like Isaac Smith. Um, Because where are we at in terms of Hawthorne players? We've got Smith. We've still got Doc. And that is about it. Uh, Ryan Burton. That's the other player. So they're who I'm rooting for. It's a beautifully eloquent farewell speech from you. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, fuck Geelong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We've been recording for three hours. Uh, Four? Uh, I've got three hours and 40 on my board. Yeah, so almost four. It was just over four hours ago where I messaged you and said, are we recording? No, you're right. Um, I've got one more thing to talk. Have you got anything else? If I've got anything left, I have forgotten it because I... All right. That is the funniest thing I've seen in many a year. Have you, did you hear about the Bishop Sycamore High School scandal? Uh, Was this the school that kept reading out fake names? Kind of. So basically, the Bishop Sycamore is a fake high school that got put onto ESPN as a football, like, so ESPN run a lot of high school games yeah and basically bishop sycamore and their team came up and were just like we have some uh like highly scouted players we have some potential d1 players in our team put us on national television so it was so it is not the school council meeting that accepted submissions from people such as Phil McCracken. And Barry McCockenar, no. <laughs> and and my favourite, Eileen Dover. <laughs> no. <not> them. <laughs> um, no, so basically after that... Eileen Dover. Uh, they played, I can't remember what team they played, but they lost 50, uh, 58-0. to zero. And basically it came out after the game that Bishop Sycamore is a fake high school and their entire team was made out of college rejects. Sorry? Uh, So it's a fake school. How how did they get on ESPN? Basically the coach approached them and were just like, we have uh, some D1 scouted players. We have some really exciting potential college players. And ESPN, who I think outsource this part of like their programming to like a third party, which is how I think they got through um, from what I've heard on various podcasts. Talk about podcast deception. But basically, Bishop Sycamore, a fake high school, which hired uh, like uh, rejected college students to play for their team so that the coach could get the money from being on national television. What? (laughs) So basically it basically cliff notes, fake school 
college rejex play. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I, I, understood, I understood the description, but still. Yeah, exactly. What? what? <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the wildest thing because these high school high school players, like legitimate high school players were playing on national television and beat college rejects 58 nothing, and they were just like, what? <laughs> what even is life? So what? I- uh, genuinely, this is a, like, this is one of those things, and I, like, message <laughs> almost daily at this point with some random Twitter screen grab being like, we are in an alternate timeline. This is an alternate timeline moment. This is genuinely crazy. This is like uh, Mike Ross level of foolery. Deception, but in the world of sports instead of more, so arguably more regulated. I mean, yeah, except this is real life. And after the game, the coach of Bishop Sycamore High School, which does not exist, the coach got sacked. Sorry? The coach got sacked by who? Fake sacked after a fake loss in a fake game. Who did the coach get sacked by? Who? The fake board. (laughs) The high school board was not impressed. It was it was what it like it was three days of just pure pandemonium. I was like I was keeping up with it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? How do you get sacked by a fake board? The fake board has fake sacked me, so I will no longer be able to be the fake coach of this fake football team with these fake students for this fake university. That's how I feel about Logan Honeychurch. Poor Logan Honeychurch, he never stood a chance. He's about as real as Bishop Sycamore, so. Yeah, and he hasn't been sacked yet. Exactly. He's still, you know, he's trying to, he's trying his best. All right. Well, that was my NFL moment. The NFL season starts this week, by the way, so. And all that bombshell. Ah. I have nothing that can follow that. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for listening to a wild episode of The Last Call, parts one yeah, and two. Wild is probably understated. It was, it was a pretty tame recall from 2004 and then just some drunken ramblings from some distracted drunks. The, the pain is me editing tomorrow morning. So thank you for listening. Ash, any last words? Um... Pussy full of maggots, I guess. Donda, thanks for listening. <laughs>